I'm Pam. I'm Dawn. I'm Deidre. I'm Dina. Welcome, Welcome to Ozark's Haynes and Hooch. This ain't no fancy academic check your references kind of deal. This is four girls from the Ozarks sipping and spewing about Haynes, Hooch, and history. everybody. This is Deidre. I am your host for this evening. We are actually season two, episode three, and um, we've got some Yay! fun stuff happening. Yeah, I know. Can you believe we're season two? No. I know. <laughs> it kind of came it up on us. It started out of the pandemic, baby. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it know. did. So, so uh, just a rundown on a few things. Um, first of all, um, Pam will be doing the big one, and we'll tell you a little bit more about that. Dina's got the little one. Um, Dawn's hooch, uh, which we will um, get into here in a second, is called the Flying Saucer. Um, we want you to know that uh, our social media uh, is on, we're on Instagram and Facebook, so feel free to comment, like, love, react, whatever, on all of those uh, platforms, and let us know how much you love us. You know, I mean, if you love us, that would be great. Um, we uh, eventually we were going to be we are going to be um, highlighting some of the comments that we've received uh, over the last season one and season two. So you'll be need to be on the lookout for that. Um, we want you to su subscribe to wherever you listen on um, your podcast platform and give us five stars. Um, for a reminder that we release on the first and the fifteenth of each month. Now, our tech disclaimer is, we're sorry for cats, dogs, mowing, except it's kind of dark right now, so maybe no mowing, but we've, uh, we're all on four different Wi-Fis um, in, I don't know, how many states are we in? Three different Three. states. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes we get a little glitch in there, so please bear with us. The other thing I want to mention is we have a website. Hey, thank you, Dawn. Dawn worked really hard on that. It's www.ozarkspaintsinhooch.weebly.com. And that is Haints, H-A-I-N-T-S, the letter N, Hooch, H-O-O-C-H, dot Weebly, W-E-E-B-L-Y.com. And that uh, link is also on our Instagram bio, so you can go there. Um, it's also in our Facebook bio, so... You can find it from, uh, you know, going to those two social media locations. Now, let's get on to Dawn's flying saucer, which is pretty tasty. <laughs> it is tasty. Mine's gone. I thought it was good. Yeah. <laughs> it's very tasty. It's sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you guys, I don't know if you guys, I mean, you guys know, the three of you know, but the people out there listening, we kind of sometimes when we know what the story is going to be and we sort of look up some cocktail recipes and then we sort of send them to each other and go, you know, which one do you want? Because <laughs> um, friends of ours, namely Carrie Chester, if you're out there, <laughs> told me he had to buy a whole new cabinet to house the liquor that we <laughs> used. And, and so did we. I mean, I'm I just like, yeah. good God. It fell off the top of my uh, refrigerator. I've got to find a new place. you got to see mine. It's packed. It's I packed know. Packs. We just need to start charging um, tickets and making drinks for people. But anyway, so <laughs> the, the first one that I sent the girls, um, I actually love the name of, was called the Alien Secretion. Ew. It <laughs> sounds so <laughs> And it sounded really good, kind of summery, tropical but um it's winter and i would have to go buy like three new things and i just totally um <laughs> made an executive decision so this is called and it's good it's called a flying saucer and you take an ounce of amaretto an Yum. ounce of kalua which Yum. i think i doubled those um <laughs> three ounces of cream and then you blend it with ice in a blender to make a milkshake which dina did but i did mine like a I didn't either green didn't kind. see it yeah it's, milkshake yeah I did it's the milkshake mm -hmm. yummy it's good either way it's kind of like that girl scout cookie and 
Didn't we oh, have yeah. Sem- oh, the white Russian. It's very similar to that, but it's good. Yeah. So that's it. That's but it. Don't drink. Don't drink the frozen one too fast, because I gave Wait. myself a little bit of a brain freeze. I don't think you. How <laughs> did you say how much ice? It didn't say. You just oh, on mine it said three ounces of ice. I guess it doesn't matter. Oh, you just blend okay. it to your. So you like. It's so like three ounces of cream and three ounces of ice and okay. I just threw a handful of ice in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's what exactly. I did. Go do on your wow. do your own thing. Yeah. Okay. I'll put that I'll put the ice, three ounces of ice though in the who's gonna in measure the their ice, but we'll we'll do it anyway. In the blending part. <laughs> yeah. All right. So okay, Dawn, is that all you're gonna you got for that us? is all for me. Okay. All right. Well, how exciting, Pam. We're moving on to you, and you have the big one. I and, do have uh, the big one. Yes. Her story is on UFOs. Yeah. Hey. So, <laughs> uh, so the flying saucer leads right over to the UFO story. Uh, <laughs> I've, um, I was a big nerd of X-Files back in the day, and uh, I've always been intrigued with... Um, uh, Area 51 and Roswell and all that. And, uh, you know, all of us girls are, are very um, uh, intrigued by the paranormal and by the supernatural. I think I can speak for all four of us. Otherwise, why are we doing this kind of show, right? Right. <laughs> so anyway, um, I thought, well, let's see what kind of UFO sightings there were in the Ozarks and in our neck of the woods over there. And... Um, <clears throat> The first ones, the oldest ones I saw were in the Ozarks. They were in the Wachita's. Now, we know that the Wachita's is what mountain range, Dina? The Hoochie Coochie Mountains. The Hoochie Coochie <laughs> Mountains. Is there she goes, getting excited, I swear. Yeah, sorry, I get loud. <laughs> no, um, I'm going to give you a geography, uh, ge- uh, a geological lesson here first because I was curious I don't know if you guys or anybody some of our listeners surely will be interested in this to know what the difference in and where the dividing line between the Ozarks and the Wachita's and if there's a connection and what their similarities differences are so I just did a little bit of digging on on that just to to kind of clear things up in my own mind um Now, the Ozarks are the most extensive highland region between the Appalachians and the Rockies. They're sometimes called the Ozark Plateau, the Ozark Mountains, or just plain old Ozarks. There are two main ranges, the Boston Mountains, which is in uh, northern Arkansas where I was raised, and the St. Francois Mountains in Missouri. Have you guys been up in that neck of the woods? Yes. Can I tell you it's called St. Francis, but Francois sounds fancier. Well, it's spelled F-R-A-N-C-O-I-S. I know, but you know, the <laughs> okay. hillbillies in the Ozarks, they don't know no swaw. Okay, no swaw. So it's St. Yeah. Francis Mountains in yeah. Missouri. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, the Ozarks cover 47,000 square miles in Arkansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, and the very uh, southeastern corner of Kansas. Uh, runs between I-40 and I-70, real clearly between Little Rock and St. Louis, Kansas City, up in there. And uh, the highest point in the Ozarks is in the Boston Mountains, and that's 2,500 feet. Hmm. Um, the name Ozarks, Dawn, do you know where the, or either any of you girls know where Ozark got its name? I do. Indian, and it was A-U-X. Uh-huh. Oh, you're close. Ox, Arcs. A-U-X-A-R-C-S. And wasn't it French? Wasn't it the fur traders? It's a French. It's a French trading post. Not Native Uh, American. Sorry for anyone I offended out there. (laughs) Ox Arcs was a trading post in the Arkansas Delta, actually, called the Arkansas Post. It is also referred to as the largest topmost arc or bend in the Arkansas River, which is in Ozark, Arkansas down around my neck of the woods so it's very vast and it's also referred to as the land of the arches 
referring to the dozens of natural bridges, and we all know about natural bridges, and uh, due to erosion and collapsed caves in the Ozarks. And the last one, uh, the French also refer to ox, ox arcs <laughs> as toward the rainbows. So I thought that was kind of sweet and all stuff I didn't know. So I don't know if anybody else out there didn't know it. So now you do. Yeah. Now the Wachita's are unique in that. And this is very interesting. I'd never, ever thought about. They run east to west and not north to south. Huh. Like the Appalachians and the Rockies and the Ozarks run uh, north to south. The Appalachians go east to west. And there is a, a, a poorly understood connection to the Appalachians and the Marathon area in West Texas. So it's all connected. Uh, you know, I'm not that much of a geographic nerd, but uh, that, that whole uh, southern region is connected somehow. It's part of the Paleozoic era. And uh, the, uh, the, Oz uh, the Ozarks are actually plateaus because it's deeply dissected and it's all flat on the top. Or it, it, it is down in, uh, in the Boston Range. It's, it's pretty much flat on top. And you're in you guys up in Missouri, right? Yeah. Your mountains? Yeah. 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 Dad always said that um, our mountains were smaller, but it was because they were older. Older. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. And, and uh, the other mountains like the Appalachians and the Rockies are, are either folded or uh, on a fault line or pushed up from some sort of, uh, you know, disturbance underground and so forth. So uh, uh, also, let's see, Wachita, the highest point at the Wachita's is Mount Magazine, and that's 2,700 feet. So it's a little bit higher than the Ozarks. And um, the, uh, it, it's, uh, there's, the Choctaw have a word for um, Wachita, and the French have a word for, watch, for Wachita. The Choctaw word means country of large buffalo. And the French means big hunting ground and silver water. Hmm. So there you go. So all kinds of nerdy stuff. I, I kind of felt like I was a college professor again there, Dawn. When I <laughs> hey, can <laughs> I add at... something since hey, I'm sure. a college professor? Yes, so, college uh, professor. Okay, so I'm doing all this research right now because I'm writing the show. So I read, and this makes all the sense, that originally what was the UK and perhaps, you know, the west side of like Spain and, you know, the, the continent of Europe um, was actually all one land mass. And that, um, uh, you, you know, well, I don't know if you said this, but we've said it before on here that the um, people that settled the Appalachia were from um, the British Isles. And then the people oh, yeah. that settled yeah. the Ozarks were Appalachians. So they're all from the British Isles. But um, a story I had heard is that they felt at home in Appalachia and then in the Ozarks because it looked like their homeland. Well, now they're saying this was all one landmass and that actually the British Isles are part of what, what was the Appalachian mountain range. Oh, that's cool. So oh. it makes all the sense, right? So it, it is their home before it wow. broke off and floated away. So Isn't go. that fascinating? Now, it said that the, that, uh, uh, and I, I really digress here, but maybe you guys know the New Madrid Fault. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, yeah, we, uh, mother and dad used to feel uh, tremors from that when it would uh, shake around. But that is, that's toward uh, the Mississippi, right? That's farther, way farther east. Well, it's, it's a little west of the boot heel. I mean, it's okay. part of the run through. Part of it runs through between us and Springfield, doesn't it? Yeah, I think yes. I think New Madrid because you can County see it on the rocks. Yeah, yeah, New Madrid County, I guess, is what I was thinking of. Is just a little west of the west and north of the boot heel. So yeah, but the fault is huge, and it's going to kill us all supposedly. Yeah, well, but that I thought that was interesting that the Ozarks being the one of the oldest mountain ranges for sure in the in the uh, U.S. Uh, because of the plateaus and everything, and there's this fault close by. So um, I, I guess it's chosen not to 
erupt largely. <laughs> I mean, like uh, like the Appalachians and the and the Rockies and the uh, the Rockies are the newest of all of those uh, faults that have erupted. But uh, anyway, I didn't know that's uh, that's all very fascinating, very fascinating. Mm -hmm. And and I think about the New Madrid every time I cross the Mississippi River Bridge in Memphis. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be on that bridge. With swinging no. bridge. <laughs> oh, mercy. Okay, so now we will get to the UFO sightings. Um, uh, like I said, the, the, old, the first ones that I found are certainly the oldest, and this is in Texarkana, 1897, April 20th. Um, was when this report uh, was made, and I'm I'm uh, reading pretty much quoting from from the article on some of this. So, uh, throughout fall and winter of 1896 and 1897, people were re people were reporting they'd seen what they termed as airships over the country. Now, this is all over the U.S. And by spring, the phenomena had moved to Arkansas, according to newspaper reports. Uh, Jim. Captain Jim Houghton, H-O-O-T-O-N, a railroad conductor for Iron Mountain Railroad, was visiting Texarkana to pick up a steam tra uh, a train engine heading to Little Rock. While he was waiting for the train to be ready, he decided to go hunting. While making his way through the shrubs, he heard what he described as the familiar sound of a locomotive air pump. Out of curiosity, Hooten made his way toward the sound to inspect. Hooten told the Arkansas Gazette that he saw what he thought was the airship that was making the news around the country. It landed in a field a few acres from where he was standing, and aboard the ship was a man wearing smoke-colored glasses. He asked the man if this is the airship, and the man said, yes, sir. Then three or four other men came out of the ship. Hooten asked the men, I beg your pardon, but the noise sounds like a Westinghouse air brake. And the pilot answered, perhaps it does. We are using compressed air and aeroplanes, A-E-R-O planes, but you will know more later on. And that's the end of the article and the end of the quote. So I thought, that was, weird. <laughs> I thought that was really random and very abrupt. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it, it wasn't like he sounded threatening, but perhaps it does. We're using compressed air and aeroplanes. And then I, 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 got con, con, I got curious because I thought aeroplanes was just kind of a dramatic term for airplanes. And it's actually the British pronunciation and the British spelling for airplane. Do you guys know that? Hmm. I didn't know that. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Aeroplane. Yeah. I worked so, for an airport for a while. I do remember seeing it. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Okay. So that's the first one. Okay. Now we uh, fast forward just a, a month, less than a month, May 7th, 1897. And Constable John J. Sumter and Deputy Sheriff John McLemore were riding horseback outside the city limits of Hot Springs. While riding, they saw a bright light in the sky, then it disappeared. Puzzled, but not too alarmed, the two kept on their journey. A while later, they saw the light again, this time much closer to the ground. The two lawmen rode to investigate. The account they gave to the Hot Springs Sentinel is as follows. They rode until the horses refused to go any further. They dismounted and drew their weapons. They described a cigar-shaped vessel 60 feet long. There were several men walking around the ship, all shining lights, while another man filled a sack with water. Sumter and McLemore asked the men what they were doing. A bearded man holding a lantern came near the policeman and told them they were traveling across the country on an airship. The presumed pilot of the airship asked if the two lawmen would like to ride in the ship, saying, 
he could take us where it was not raining. We told them we preferred to get wet. Do they look like regular men? I mean, are they saying that these are like humans that have built a spaceship? Yeah. Or, okay. he, yeah. It just seemed like they were just men okay. with a beard. And then the other one was the guy with smoke colored glasses. They didn't describe uh, any sort of creatures or odd looking creatures but what was funny about this was he could take us where it was not raining well there was no reference to rain in the earlier part of the article so (laughs) is he taking them above the clouds i Uh. mean i don't know uh uh, so anyway i thought that one was pretty, (laughs) pretty curious and um and that was just what two weeks after the first sighting in Texarkana, and this is in Hot Springs. So uh, I guess it would be going west to east. It was traveling west to east. Ooh, from Roswell. Oh, there you go. From Area 51. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Oh, I got to have a sip break. Y'all, somebody talk. (laughs) Okay, so my kid is, they know this, but I'm telling all you listeners out there, my kid is um, in Air Force Intelligence in, uh, well, I won't say where, but he's in Air Force Intelligence, and he can't tell me what he does, or he has to kill me, or whatever, but anyway, he, one day we were talking, and he goes, now, Mom, I cannot tell you what I do, you know, so just don't even ask me, and I said, okay, but if you ever see aliens, we're going to have to work out a hand signal or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I right. got to know about those. So he was like, all right. <laughs> so anyway. Anyway, he agreed. That's good. That's well, good. no, he, he just <laughs> rolled his eyes and shook his head like what he does to me a lot. So He was humoring his mother there. Yeah, yeah. Yes, humoring her. Okay, so now we fast forward to 1965, August 4th, 1965, in Viney Grove, Arkansas. Now, this is just west of Fayetteville and just east of Prairie Grove, which I played high school sports against the Prairie Grove Tigers because I was a West Fork Tiger. Woo! Oh, well, our mom was born in uh, Prairie Grove. Yeah. Was she? Was. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think yeah. I remember you telling me that, Dawn. Yeah, yeah, Prairie Grove. Right across the mountain from West Fork. Anyway, uh, 65. Bill Estep reported seeing a flashing light in the sky. When he went to investigate, he saw what he described as a long narrow silver object with lighted windows revolving on the top hovering in the air just above the trees Hmm. that same night people throughout Fayetteville and in Washington County reported lights in the sky a few days later two women reported a strange aircraft in a field near Blytheville so it must it was uh, going west to east, I guess, if, uh, if this is all true. Now, this same night, August 4th, 65, residents of Fort Smith reported seeing strange aircraft in the sky. And these sightings drew the attention of Project Blue Book. Oh. Have you heard about that? Oh, yes. Okay. So uh, the, the Blue Book reported 1,500 people witnessed the UFO in Fort Smith alone. 1,500 calls they got in 1965. Wow. I thought wow. that was pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Uh, now, I didn't know about Blue Book, but I looked it up, and the Blue Book Project Project Blue Book, actually, uh, was in operation between 1948 and 1969, and it was a project developed by the U.S. Air Force to investigate UFO phenomena. Uh, The best-known alien claims in the country are in this report. The government uh, uh, tasked this agency with reporting the UFOs, and I thought, 1948, well... Roswell happened in 1947, so I think they they were giving um, uh, these sightings more credence at that time, and um, I thought that was very 
interesting about that. Mm -hmm. I had always heard that, and I, I could be wrong, it's been a long time since I've um, read much about Project Blue Book, but I heard that it, that's Project Blue Book came about because of Roswell. Oh, well, that, see, now that, that's what I thought. I thought, okay, so Roswell happened in 47, and this, this project, this program started in 48. Yeah, it would seem that there would be a connection, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It didn't say in this article, it just, uh, because I got uh, these, this information from a couple different sources that I kind of pieced together to make one thing here, so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was uh, 1965, right? Did I finish 1965? Yeah, that was Project Blue Book. Okay, so now we are going to go to, back to the Ozarks, um, Springfield, news leader in October, on October 21st, 1968, there were three unrelated people and three separate accounts in the late evening, early morning of that day. Number one, one man claimed the UFO came down out of the sky and caused his son to swerve into a ditch. <laughs> this, <laughs> this was also or one of these flying saucer drinks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and now this happened off of uh off Green County ZZ. Is that a road? Uh Yeah, it's probably a county road. road. Okay. Green Green County ZZ south of Highway M. Does that make mm. sense to you guys? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. So that was number 1. Number 2, caller Steve Collins reported he saw a UFO from his home in Southwest Springfield. And number three, <laughs> number three, Deputy Bob Duvall said he was in the area of Republic when he saw an object with colored lights of red, blue, orange, and bluish green. Now, the Weather Bureau, when questioned, the Weather Bureau said it was an effect caused by phosphorescence coming out of the ground that was responsible for the UFO sightings in the past. And that sounds like the men in black, right? <laughs> okay, <laughs> no. Blah, blah, blah. Like it sounded like Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, exactly. You remember when I did the episode on... What was the episode I did where the men had railroad lanterns? It was, uh, um, yeah, yeah, spook yeah. Light, the spook lights. And I remember that they talked about it was something coming out of the ground. So this is all, yeah, it's all comes back around. Ah. So it is War of the Worlds. Oh, sorry about the dog. It's oh God. That was, that was like a, a zoo one. over there. <laughs> It's a cover-up. It's a conspiracy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So that was uh, the Springfield News Leader 1968. Okay. All right. Okay. So now we're going to go back to the Lake Wachita area in Hot Springs in 2010. A woman and her husband were camping near Hot Springs. There came up a storm, and the couple were trapped in their tent and seek shelter all night in the, in the tent. The next morning, the woman got out of the tent to go to the bathroom, and then she sat on a nearby bench uh, close to the tent. She witnessed a seven-foot-tall reptoid being. <gasps> Reptiles! Reptoid being! Oh! Oh! Okay. The creature... No, it, it gets stranger. The creature approached her and shape-shifted into an old woman. What? No, no. No, no, no. The witness said she had a conversation with the old lady but has no recollection of the details. She does not recall feeling threatened and feel felt like the being was not evil. But the Funny. lizard people, the lizard aliens <laughs> are supposed to be the bad ones. Oh, are they really? Yeah. Oh, see, I don't know that. Oh, yeah. We need okay, to hear more sorry. about that. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, that was totally okay. a nerd. That was just a nerd <laughs> eruption right. right there. Was that Sleestacks? No, but there's a great YouTube video that somebody's doctored and it makes Obama's eyes turn like lizards because they say he's a lizard 
being. Oh, oh God. <laughs> uh. All right. We all know he's not. Okay. okay. Now, this woman uh, describes this account of the reptoid creature on a YouTube clip that I looked at and I included in the extras. In this clip, though, there's some discrepancies. In the clip, she states they were in Eureka Springs, which is a far different place from Hot, Hot Springs. Springs. Yeah. Like far, but, far, not far away, but quite a drive anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the map that I looked at that had all these uh, sightings on it showed showed Wachita and Hot Springs, not not Eureka Springs. So I don't know how much credence to give this. Also, <laughs> to finish up this woman's story, she also stated earlier that same year she saw UFOs in Fort Myers, Florida. <laughs> well... So maybe maybe this woman is just. Um, has a a, a a proclivity for seeing for seeing now i've read about people who they follow i mean they, they say that they follow them around what's that paranormal caught on camera on the sci-fi channel do you ever watch that oh yeah, yeah 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 yeah, yeah I know what you're and talking. there was a there was a ufo alien one and the man claimed that wherever he moved they followed him so. Okay, nerd nerd alert. Here's another alien nerd alert. You guys, I really kind of am obsessed with aliens. It's good that I didn't do this. Um, <laughs> Dr. Stephen Greer, who is a medical doctor, but kind of retired from his emergency room practice. Like, look him up. No, no kidding. I watched one weekend, a couple months ago, um, I watched two of his movies that he finances himself, and he is teaching people how to call UFOs to you because they're good and that we should be communicating with them. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, see, I kind of feel like, yeah, there's no, there's no reason why way about the aliens being not evil as I do with spirits and and uh, ghosts perhaps in a certain area you know we don't know why do we automatically think they're going to do us harm maybe there's something to be learned from yeah because yeah. of movies that's what he says he says we've all been yeah enculturated Programmed. to believe they're bad and but he also says there are some bad ones listen I'm just telling you, I got a chart, not really, but kind of in my head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a chart. I'm done with my, I'm done with my drink, but I have a chart <laughs> in my head. In your head. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So uh, my last uh, article is fairly long, but it, uh, it, is uh, gonna bring us out of this thing here. So this uh, report was in 2018, um, and this is August 21st, 2018, uh, an article called The Paranormal Highway in Missouri. So we're back in the Ozarks. It's a hot spot for UFO sightings and Bigfoot, like we know that already, right? Uh-huh, sure. Okay, so, um, it's Highway 72, which is a 25-mile stretch of road between Salem and Rolla. Are you guys familiar with that road? Um, no. I mean, uh, I know where, we, all, I mean, we I know, know where Rolla is. is. Yeah, yeah. So you can kind of figure where it's, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, between Salem and Rolla. Now, for years, it was considered the gateway to Ozark Splendor. But in reality, it's also a portal to Missouri's frequent sightings of paranormal phenomenon. Okay. Okay. Hi. All right. That's another road trip, you guys. We got to go drive Highway 72. Yeah, 72. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So, a doc Dr. Emmett Reary, uh, a Salem chor uh, choreographer, huh? sorry, a Salem <laughs> chiropractor... <laughs> <laughs> Which is the same number of letters, but they... <laughs> well, it's a CH, you know, I, I got all tangled up. So, okay. Dr. Emmett Reary, a Salem chi chiropractor, and he's also an investigator for a group called MUFON, M-U-F-O-N. Mm -hmm. 
shared a selection of his reports with a packed house of his fans and followers in uh, Salem. Now, this MUFON, M-U-F-O-N, is the Mutual UFO Network. Mm-hmm. And it just happens to be a nonprofit organization, the oldest and largest UFO investigative organization in the U.S. Now, I'd never heard of it before, but I'm definitely going to look it up after this because I feel like Fox Mulder would have uh, known about that. <laughs> Man, you guys do not spend enough time on YouTube at 3 o'clock in the morning is all I'm saying. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Reary says his investigative work began when he asked the public to send him reports of local mountain lion sightings. Instead, he received reports of UFOs and Bigfoot. He says he gets four or five UFO reports a month, and there are far, far more Bigfoot sightings. And we know that because we've done two stories on Bigfoot already. And all one over. of the stories was that he may be an alien anyway. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Now, the area where this is is Phelps County, Dent County, Lane Spring along Highway 72, and Indian Trail State Forest. Are you guys familiar with all of those places? Oh, I feel like I've heard of Indian Trails. If I've not, I might have even been there. Phelps County, Dent County. Well, that's got to be up by Rolla. Yeah, I'm thinking so, too. Well, Phelps County, we, Dent County, yeah. We always hear um, storm uh, tracks going through Benton and Phelps. You know what I mean? Uh, you guys agree that you always hear, like, tornado or bad weather? Phelps, and and for Phelps? sure, yeah. There's some mm -hmm. type of magnetism mm. that, that comes up in my story. Just a little Oh, good, good, I'm good. looking on the map. I'm going to look on the map. Here. Okay, look on the map. Okay, so he also has a variety of photographs that I have posted in the extras. Uh, these UFO sightings have gained him international attention. So he, uh, his biggest, uh, I get well, maybe not biggest, but at the time, in uh, the fall of 2017, there was a report of an actual landing. So he went to check it out. The night it occurred was very windy really really windy so windy that it woke up the property owner the next morning when the property owner went outside all the lawn furniture was knocked over and there was a circle in the yard we're talking crop circle i guess it's hysterical it all was the plastic chairs were knocked over <laughs> <laughs> to make way chairs. for the crop circle yeah <laughs> It was a perfect circle that measured 16 feet, 9 inches in diameter. And this is kind of creepy. The grass along the outer perimeter was desiccated and dried out completely. And hmm. to this day, grass has not grown back there. <gasps> Ta-da. I like that. That was, that was really creepy. So Phelps County, that is the, the county Rolla's in, just FYI. Okay. And that Highway 72 is between your, like you say, like Salem is north, I mean, southeast, and it runs between Rolla and Salem. All right. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. We got to take Highway 72 on our tour. Yeah. So I'll finish with the, uh, with the last, uh, and this is, <laughs> I knew you girls are going to enjoy this, the eerie part. Put your hands on your ears. Eerie part, uh, according to Emmett Reary, of the UFO and Bigfoot sightings, is that they often happen together. Oh. Sometimes, sometimes there are actual reports of Bigfoot coming out of a UFO. See? In the... <laughs> And so that's why we can't find him because he Told gets on ya. the UFO and he goes wherever. Uh, or there's and a then portal. He just steps in a portal. Yeah. A portal. Okay. <laughs> or maybe this it's is his vacation. And the phosphorus. Said... That's what the phosphorus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's just wanting to get out of town. Yeah. In the beginning, this seems so far-fetched to Reary that he'd just throw them in the trash. But then there soon came so many that he couldn't ignore them anymore. He said often the UFO Bigfoot reports come in clusters. 
So in closing this article, it's Riri says, uh, quote, some people tell me they've never seen anything like a UFO. And I say, how often do you look for them? End quote. <laughs> oh, that was good. So was good. there you go. That's the UFO business that I found in Wachita's and the Ox Arcs. And um, mm -hmm. yeah. All right, the Hoochie Coochies. And the Hoochie Coochie Coochie Mountains. Now, you know, Fort right, Leonard. Well, that was great, Pam. That was really. I'm just looking yeah. at this map. Fort Leonard Wood is not that far from Rolla, and sometimes they say UFOs are around bases, you know? Look, do you not remember just uh, earlier, was it earlier this year, into last year, the uh, government released some um, audio and video of um, mm -hmm. some jet pilots? Pilots, right? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, yep. I did hear something about that. Yeah. Ooh. There you yeah. go. Yeah. I, I, I'm, you know, I love this stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm crazy about it. I love well, it. Well, <laughs> YouTube is your friend. <sighs> now I can drink. Drink, drink, <laughs> I drink. I was yakking so much. It's really cool. Thank you for sharing hey, that. Hey, thanks. Those were great stories. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. So now we're getting ready to move on to the little one. Dina has a little one this time, and uh, I'm excited to hear about this. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Dina, take it away. Okie dokie. Um, I found this story by Googling UFO sightings in Missouri's Ozark Mountains because I'm not a big UFO person. Um, really didn't know what I'd find. But man, I got a doozy. Um, like I said, UFOs are harder for me to swallow. Like I'll believe in the paranormal and ghosts, but and Bigfoot. Yes, I believe in Bigfoot, but aliens. I don't know. I'm not saying it's not real. Um, and I loved the X Files and Close Encounters of the Third Kind was awesome. But you know, I'm just saying it's harder for me for some reason. How but anyway. could the universe be so big with just? I know. I know. That's what I'm, I all I'm going to say. It's the whole say. green men thing. I feel like if they really are, I don't know. I, well, I maybe know. they're not green. Like that's, they're yeah. Again, if you... Anyway, that's a whole other show, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my first hit was about a gentleman named Buck Nelson, and he was from Mountain... Well, he wasn't from... He lived in Mountain View, Missouri. He had claimed to have been abducted several times from his home. He had written a book, and it was more of like a pamphlet. It was like 45 pages long. And um, the best thing is, he held a spacecraft convention on his farm in Mountain View, Missouri, complete with concessions and rides for at least 10 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Wow. So anyway. When was okay. this? When do you have the festival that we didn't know? I'm gonna tell you. Okay, it's in my. Right. It's, let let me let me do it. Okay. All right. Gosh. I'm going to. I'm gonna go ahead. Okay. So his history that I'm gonna give you is taken straight from the introduction. So I found his book or his little pamphlet on um, scribed. I think is what it's called. And I um, I did my little free introduction because I was like, I have to read this book. I have to read this book. So I read it last night. <laughs> so the book's title is. My trip to Mars, the Moon, and Venus. Oh and so here it is, straight from the foreword and the introduction of the book. This is, Buck Nelson was born in Denver, Colorado on April 9th, 1895. He had a sixth grade education and held positions as a cattle rancher, logger, ran a sawmill, railroader, special policeman, farmer, and ran an auto park. In the mid-1950s, he relocated to Mountain View, Missouri and bought an 80-acre farm. In 1954, he wrote to a Springfield, Missouri newspaper about his story. His intentions were to tell the story and drop it. But James Hill of Seymour, Missouri, read the article and mailed it to the Flying Saucer Club out in the east. And this began his career as a lecturer. So then we go to the introduction or the little foreword and Franny Lowery, it's L-O-W-E-R-Y. Lowery. Um, neighbor and friend of Mr. Nelson likens him to John the Baptist, the man that foretells the coming of a great teacher. So, okay, here we go. This is the book. Uh, 
his first contact was July 30th, 1954. He goes outside to see three discs in the sky. He sing signals them with a flashlight and is immediately shot by a beam of light that he says is brighter and hotter than the sun. His lumbago is immediately cured. And later, the next day, he notices he no longer needs his glasses. So on February 1st, 1955, he has his second encounter. While hovering their ship above his home, the visitors ask for permission to use his property as a landing site, now and in the future. Though they do not land this time, they tell him they will be back. On March 5th, 1955, it brings Mr. Nelson his third meeting. He is met by three men and a huge dog. The first man is Little Bucky, a 19-year-old Earth man living on Venus for the past two years. The second man is old and wrinkled, and Buck's told that he is a trainee learning to fly the ship. Bob Solomon is the third man. He is, a two, he is 200 years old, but Buck says he looks to be the same age as the 19-year-old Bucky. Wow. Then there's Bo, and he is a 385-pound dog that stands taller than the men on his hind leg. They enter his home and compare his property to theirs. And he spends a great deal of time describing their beds. Um, like they say that their beds are built halfway in the wall and that there's a, um, like a cover or a, well, what's the word I want? A uh, canopy that comes over the top of the bed and that the mattresses and pillows are one piece. There's not like a separate pillow and it's more made out of a foamy mattress type thing and there's no sheets or anything there's comfort control dials on the inside so you can make the environment the way you want it it was a big long section in Weird. there so huh. then they tell him that they'll be back and that he could come with them at some point on march 22nd 1955 they come up to fill on water from the spring behind his house they place 12 rocks in a circle, and he is told to disassemble of the 12 laws of God, which is also their laws. He gets to go with them April 24th, 1955, and is allowed to bring his dog. He is told to copy their laws down before he's allowed to board the ship, and they are the same as the Ten Commandments, plus two. Um, and those two are, your body is God's, do not misuse it, do not eat or eat, I'm sorry, do not drink or eat anything that is not food. Use nothing to harm the body, body either inside or out where nothing on the body that harms it the second one is god made heaven and earth we must give him thanks for what he gives us he then gets to fly the ship to outer space he includes floor plans and a drawing of the main control panel in his little book so their first stop is mars and he talks about how they have a canal system and they totally run on solar and electrical power. And I want to stop there. And we were talking about the, the magnetism. Um, yeah. So they say, I'm trying to look in my notes here, the ships run on magnetic power and they're soundless. Huh. So there's something about the magnetic lines. They talked about that, the magnetic lines, mm. and that's why sometimes it's easier for them to come in because that's how they're ships run anyway so there's so that. that's that's um current second stop. Oh, yeah and i go ahead don say that, that's all say. i was gonna say is if you watch as many of those documentaries as i do um some sort of magnetic not so much use in the lines but there's some sort of engine that's magnetic that's supposed to be kind of the wave of the future is what well I that's this is 1954 that he was talking about this huh. well so the last two commandments though or or rules or whatever um tattoos and ear piercings i guess huh yeah oh yeah oops yeah. what about <laughs> beverages yeah well Ooh. it said that you're not supposed to eat so i was thinking like dirt or you know rocks or blood or chemical or, you know, i mean yeah, to me I, like I, what came to me my mind was like you oh. know food or something yeah Maybe. okay so the second stop is the moon and there's the light side of the moon which has homes and something about interplanetary travel and that the earth is the only planet that doesn't have this type of travel and then there's the dark side of the moon and it has rivers lakes and mountains 
Okay, let me interject something. <laughs> so supposedly there's bases on the dark side of the moon that even the astronauts know about. And again, if you watch this Stephen Greer documentary, they talk about it. There's an astronaut on there that says, yeah, we saw him. You need to put that in the extras if you didn't okay, know anything. I will. I will. I will. All right. Sorry. All right. He has the most to say about Venus. Um, it has three moons. There are cars with no wheels that skim. See, and he didn't use the word hover. He used the word skimmed. Um, but they skim three to five feet off the ground. Um, and this is the most interesting thing. There's a book machine. It is television set sized. And when you place a book inside it, it will read the page. It can play music or it will show pictures of the book to you. So wow. that's computer, right? Uh, so anyway, he returns April 27th, 1955, being gone for only three days. He describes the space people as being better looking than Earth people. They are healthy, happy people, and they have good teeth. Well, well. <laughs> that's a big thing is having good teeth. Right? Wait, they have good teeth and they're happy and healthy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they use natural medicine and they suggest using hypnotism to stop pain but never for entertainment they also say that competitive sports are bad because they strain cause too much strain to the body especially the heart um okay so like there's that. a whole lot more i mean i can i'm just trying to sum up uh, a little bit in this since this is the short you know the little story right so the book the pamphlet ends with this paragraph Mrs. Lowry has been taking this down longhand between making drapes, receiving my many visitors, opening cans and making coffee. But this tale is getting longer than the tale on the fireball I photographed in January, 1956. So I had better quit. Uh. And that's <laughs> oh. <laughs> I so like him. Thing, yeah, the last thing I think uh, needs to be mentioned in, um, in more detail is that annual spacecraft convention. Man, I wish it was still going on, right? How much fun yes. would that be? Yeah. So he held it on his farm from 1954 to at least 1966. I came across an article um, from January 22nd, 2014. Um, it was a gentleman named Ken Steinhoff. He and two of his buddies, um, let's see, it's Jerry Obermark and Denny O'Neill went to the convention in the summer of 1966 and there are some they kind of make I mean it's kind of making fun of him like it's obvious that the gentleman does not believe that there really are space people but there are some great 1966 pictures in there and there are okay. pictures of him and um so at that point he was 70 years old and so there's pictures of him and that that James Hill that I talked about earlier um they co-host the event together and oh. um, Mr. Hill was evidently the more talkative of the two. I, I included this article on my extras page. Okay. But the, I'm telling you, the per pictures alone are and like they had a, a merry-go-round and they had concessions. And so anyway, that's my story of Buck Nelson and his trip to Mars, the moon and Venus. And Venus. That was awesome. Now, that was where, yay. Where did Buck Nelson live? Was he from the Ozarks? No, he was from uh, Colorado, no, you said. he was from Colorado. And then he had also lived in L.A. at some point um, because, let me see, he was a policeman in L.A. He was a policeman and he had moved several different, but when he decided to um, kind of settled down he decided he was going to go back to farming and that's when he bought the acreage in mountain view but i think he oh came okay from... i forgot where he ended up okay now i now i remember okay okay, okay. and then yeah. it did say at some point that he and mr hill moved back to california together so um he died he passed in 1985 but there wasn't like i couldn't find a lot of information or i probably didn't look enough there's probably the information is out there, but I, I just didn't look for it from 1966 to 1985. That's a big span of his lifetime. And he was pretty old when he died, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yes, yeah. he did not pass here. He, he passed. Um, oh, and I feel like I, I did. I missed, oh, I missed the part about, did I talk about Bucky coming back for uh, Christmas day? No. Oh. No. Okay, well, Go let me ahead. tell you that part. 
So little Bucky comes back on Christmas Day of 1955, and they allow he allows them to be recorded. So they record the conversation. Um, so in a later article, the writer states that he believes that it's Mr. Nelson speaking in a higher voice, but Bucky gives him some history, and he tells Buck that they are distant cousins and says that the world must give up atomic weapons and warfare. I can't okay. believe I skipped that part. It was kind of important. So mm. sorry. But anyway. Wow. It's milkshakes. It's that flying saucer milkshake. I guess. Mine <laughs> yeah. is gone. I did drink it while Pam was talking. Mm -hmm. well, I so talked for a long time. <laughs> you didn't. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, you know, the rovers up on Mars and, and, you know, there are what we thought were canals, but so far no dice and all of that. And Venus, you know, is uh, not habitable to people, to beings like us anyway. But I mean... So it's they possible. say, yeah, right? because a lot of a lot of what you said he said, you hear echoed in these more modern stories about people that have met, you know, and the and the and so the um, the prevalent um, thought is that we've been visited for a long time and the government's known about it for a long time and they've they've not told us and that they don't even tell the presidents. Yeah, if you remember Bill Clinton, he that was his first question, and and they wouldn't tell him anything, and Barack Obama kind of made a joke out of it, you know, because he said he asked too, and I think he was on Jimmy Kimmel or something, and or one of them, and and they said, so what'd you find out? And he kind of laughed and said, I can't tell you or whatever, but according <laughs> to Stephen Greer, they don't even tell the presidents. So. Well, and that's one of the things is he talked about in his book is that when he came out, he called the flying saucers, he called them things because he didn't know what they were. He had never heard of flying saucers. He didn't hear anything about that until that uh, Mr. Hill sent his article in and the people came to him about it. Well, yeah, what like I the thought... Fourth of July, um, isn't that what the movie was called with Will Smith and... What I find fascinating is that the, his story, what started in 55, and uh, he, he speaks between 1955 and 66. And, well, oh. all those are in like the 1955, 1956. The convention went on till 19, at least 1966. I don't oh. know. Oh, okay. Went. But okay. the the um, visitations that he wrote about anyway only go through till um, Christmas Day of 1955. Wow! So you know, okay, it occurs to me like it's really hard in the Ozarks to see astral phenomena unless you're on top of a mountain because there's so many trees. That's mm -hmm. true. Yeah, and so. Um, uh, uh, we were talking um, listeners before we um, started officially and I was saying that I'd seen a UFO. Well, I saw it um, on a highway between two cornfields in Illinois where there wasn't a tree for miles. And the astral phenomena was just amazing at night if you're the only car on that lone highway, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, well, and my, my sighting too, I, I, I believe I saw something on the, uh, in, on the Outer Banks when my, my first year out at the, uh, on the Outer Banks of North Carolina and everybody was a flutter. I mean, old, people, I was really young at the time, but there were older people that were going, oh yeah, yeah. And it hung around. It hung so around. So what did it look like? You tell yours and I'll tell mine. Well, it was just it was just a very fast moving light that then would stop real suddenly and then took off, darted and then stopped oh. again, and then took off and uh, it, it, yeah, it it was quite the discussion of the evening. That's yeah. for sure. But uh, uh, and it made me scared because all the adults. <laughs> All the, all the 40 and 50 year olds were all freaked out and I was like okay well I, you know I, because you're raised in the Ozarks there's hills and trees everywhere you can't see right so like you said so 
Interesting. Well, so I what did yours this, look like, Dawn? Well, I was on this highway. I used to work at this theater, which was like, oh, between 30 and 40 minutes from my house and really through rural Illinois and cornfields. And I was coming home at like two in the morning and I saw this green thing start way high and just fall with kind of a tail. And I thought, oh, that's a meteor. But right as it got to the horizon, it took off. Like it, it took off horizontally. It didn't finish falling, in other words. Ooh. And I was like, oh. But you always saw weird lights and stuff out there because the entire bowl of the sky was there for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, there's something to be say, said about those wide open spaces like big sky country and mm -hmm. Montana and, of course, in uh, New Mexico and Arizona. Yeah, the desert. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really, really obvious. Mm -hmm. yeah. ah, well, this has been a good evening, y'all. It has been. It has. <laughs> the drink was good. The talk was good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, okay. Dina and I have not seen any um, UFOs or aliens well let me just say i don't know that they were aliens <laughs> there have been some pretty strange people in the ozarks but that's okay we love them yeah. so anyway um everybody thank you so much for joining us we're so glad to have you along for this ride into season two on episode three and uh we all wish you a good night and hope you're off to a good start for the new year and goodbye everybody say bye-bye Hey, bye. 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 Hey, and remember, if you liked it, tell all your friends. And if you didn't, keep your big mouth shut. shut.